Hey, thank you so much for joining High Point Church's podcast. We're so glad that we're able to impact your week in any way, shape, or form. So thank you for joining us. Let's check in on this week's message. Yeah, we'll go straight into the Word this morning. Can we just by hands to pray? Sweet Holy Spirit, we appreciate you for your presence that is already here. We know that without you, we can do absolutely nothing. And we ask that you take full control of this meeting this morning. Bring the word as light. Bring the word as fire. Bring the word as a compass. Bring the word as medicine to our lives this morning. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. I want to thank Pastor Rich for this opportunity to share God's word with us this morning. I did not take it for granted. The pulpit is a sacred place, and it's where God decides to speak to his people. So whenever you have that opportunity and privilege, you should take it with great, as sacred rather. So thank you, sir. Appreciate sir. Amen. Um, For the last three Sundays, we've been looking at allies and enemies, and... um, I just thought to bring up something related to that this morning, and I've titled uh, my message this morning as Understanding Spiritual Warfare. And I just want to give us a a background to what we've been listening to for the last three Sundays. We've been looking at the armor of God, and the first Sunday we looked at truth as one of the armor, which stands for the belt, you know, the belt of truth, which... In fact, if you look at the Roman um, the armory, the, the belt is very significant because it seems to tie everything together. And that tells us how important truth is to us as believers. If we are not truthful, we can't fight spiritual battles. In fact, our, the enemy we fight against is the king of lies. And the, enemy we, uh, and the person we are fighting for or in his stead is the king of truth. The Bible says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You know, and we talked about that. Then we looked at the breastplate of righteousness. And so many things were said that day. One of the things that blessed me is that righteousness is being right with God more than doing right. You know, righteousness is being right with God more than doing right. And Pastor Rich said something very powerful that Sunday. He said, righteousness protects the believer's heart from being broken. And that's very powerful. And so in this spiritual warfare we're in, the enemy seeks to get our heart broken. But when we put on the breastplate of his righteousness, we are protected from that. And then we also looked at last Sunday at peace, which is very powerful. And you know, and whenever you see confusion in your life, this is what I got from last Sunday. Whenever you see confusion around you, the first person you need to X out is the devil himself. He is the king of confusion. He's anti-peace. So X before you start looking at who is responsible, first X out the enemy. And that was very powerful. And then we heard, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. That was powerful. You know, and so we want to kick off from there and looking at understanding spiritual warfare and taking my text from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. I've chosen to read the, the New Living Bible. It says, For we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, 
but against persons without bodies, the evil rulers of the unseen world, those mighty satanic beings and great evil princes of darkness who rule this world and against huge numbers of wicked spirits in the spirit world. You can keep seeing the word spirit, spirit, or beings without bodies. Many a times we think our enemies are physical human beings. Yes, we might have somebody who has acclaimed himself as an enemy, you know, a person, but, most, but, but we need to know principally that our main enemy is the devil and his cohorts. And that's very important if we're going to do spiritual warfare. Because sometimes people think that their enemies are human beings around. In fact, even if you have somebody who is there, a physical person who has acclaimed, who has acclaimed himself as an enemy, behind him is the spirit of the devil. You know? And so we need to understand that. And Paul made us understand that we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against persons with our bodies, the evil rulers of the unseen world, those mighty satanic beings and great evil princes of darkness who rule this world and against huge numbers of wicked spirits in the spirit world. It's important for us to know this. You know, and I want to start by saying our warfare is not physical, it is spiritual. You know, our warfare is not physical, it is spiritual. Many a times it's easy to be moved by the things that we see and try and pinpoint physical things. But behind every physical manifestation is something spiritual. And it's important for us to know that if we're going to understand spiritual warfare. I like what Second Corinthians 10 verse 4 says. It says, I use God's mighty weapons, not those made by men, to knock down the devil's strongholds. This is Paul talking here, saying, look, because I know it's not a physical battle, I don't use weapons made by men. I use spiritual weapons to deal with the matter. Because, you see, if you think the battle is physical, you're going to use physical weapons. You're going to look for a gun when you need to get the word of God and attack the situation. Praise God. You know, so we need to know that our warfare is not physical. It is spiritual. All right, and that's important for us to know if we're going to knock down the forces that have been oppressing our lives, trying to hinder God's purpose for our lives, we need to know that it's not a physical battle, it's spiritual. Many a times when we see confusions in the family, in our marriage, in our finances, and the job, listen to me, before you attack your boss at work, attack the king of darkness. Are you hearing that? So our warfare is not physical, it is spiritual. We must know that. Praise God. And then the second point is that being in warfare automatically implies that we have opposition. Listen to me. One of the things we inherited when we gave our life to Christ is that we inherited an enemy. The Bible calls him the devil. And that's true. And we need to know that. You know, even though it may look like a minus, but the good thing is that he's a defeated foe. Can somebody say amen? He's a defeated enemy. Amen. But the truth is that he exists. You know, to ignore him could be detrimental. Being in warfare implies that we have opposition. You know, and I like what Peter says. He says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. 
he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Can you see that? Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. I want, you to, I want us to know this morning that the devil is everywhere, not just in Africa or in Asia. Or it's everywhere, North America. He's everywhere, roaring, going about like a roaring lion. So the infirmities, the, the, the challenges that we face here are also faced all over the world. And we need to know that we need to stay alert. Watch out for that great enemy. If Peter calls a great enemy, he knows better. That great enemy, he prowls around like a roaring lion, you know, looking for someone to devour. And that's important to notice, you know. And I pray that never will he have his way in our lives in Jesus' name. Verse 3 says, we can, I'm sorry, the third point, it says, we cannot afford to be ignorant of the spiritual warfare we are in. We cannot afford to be ignorant of the spiritual warfare that we're in. You know, many a times, believers are a bit, you know, um, we are oblivious of the enemy. We we just live our lives a bit carelessly here and there. And we we don't know we are in in war. I mean, mean, the next point I'm going to mention is that the war is on. We are actually in a warfare. And 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. We need to know that we are in a battle. We can't afford to be ignorant. You know, and one of the reasons why many people suffer casualty. In fact, I like the way a man of God put it one. You see, he said that once we are casual, you know, as Christians, we will suffer, we will become casualties. You know, when we are casual with our Christian life, we become casualties. You know, you know, and it's important for us to take note that we are in a spiritual warfare. Amen. Okay. The warfare is on. We cannot afford to be casual about our lives as Christians. We need to be in battle mode. We need to be battle ready. We need to know that we are under attack. Praise God. We need to know that. That we need to know that we 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 there's a war. The war is on. It's not that this war is going to be on. It's on already from the day. In fact, the Bible says in Matthew eleven verse twelve, from the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent takes it by what? By force. We cannot afford to be casual about this. The battle is on. You know, even though I hate to use this example, but you know, it may sound a little bit political, but from, I'll, I'll give the, us the reason why. Those of us remember when the president, the present president of the United States, President Trump, came in. He started giving executive orders that banned a lot of um, Islamic f- fundamentalists and terrorists coming to the country. So a lot of people misunderstood him. But coming from where I came from, I remember there was a time in Nigeria, in the city of Abuja, the capital of Nigeria, there was a bomb blast in a certain shopping mall by Islamic fundamentalists. I was in that shopping mall the day of the bomb blast, just a few hours. The exact spot. I 
it, I couldn't get over the fact that if I had gone two hours later, I could have been dead. It took me six months to get myself to go back to that shopping mall. Six months. And that was the shopping mall I went almost every day. That's the impact of terrorism. You know, and, you know, he came because he understood that you need to be, you need to know there's a battle and you need to have that mentality and have that battle mentality. And that's what it triggered. And that, because of that, it hindered a lot of people. And by God's grace, till now, we've not had any terrorist attack. Have you noticed that? You know, many people didn't take them since that time till now. There have not been any terrorist attack because of that line of action. And believers also need to be on battle alert. Amen. I mean, your home, is it, I mean, your life, is it on battle alert? Are you on battle alert concerning your life, your family, your marriage? Praise God. You know, are we on battle alert? We must know that the enemy seeks to attack our faith. Our faith is under attack. The faith of believers are under attack. You know, the other day I read in the news, I mean, that people are attacking the fact that, is it Chick-fil-A now, that, I mean... I mean, why they, they feel they're too, they, they too expressive of their faith. You know, and, and, I, and I believe that this country, there's freedom of what? Expression, freedom of what? Religion. I mean, why should it be a problem if you decide to express your faith? I mean, nobody's challenging any, of, any other person's opinion. We can see that there's a silent attack on our faith. And the Bible says, earnestly contend in the book of Jude, verse 3. It says, earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto us. Another thing that's under attack is our families. The families are under attack. The family is under attack. You find out that the enemy fights marriages because once husband and wife don't see face to face, the marriage collapses. It affects the entire family structure. You find out that a lot of people now, almost 50% of children that are being raised today are not raised under the canopy of father and mother, which is God's ideal circle for the development of children. Families are under attack. Another thing that's under attack is our families. I mean, so our finances are also under attack, you know, and we need to know that we can't be casual about it. We need to be battle ready because there is an attack. And it didn't just start with us. It started right from the days of old. The Bible says that when Jesus, after he had fasted 40 days, who came to meet him? The devil. I thought that if you had fasted, you should, the devil should be out of your way. But he had fasted not just one day, not just seven days, 40 days and 40 nights. And who comes knocking at the door? The enemy himself. And so if Jesus had to fight against the enemy, we also have to fight against him. But the good news is that it says, be of good cheer. Why? Because he has done what? Overcome the world. Praise God. So, right, so we need to know that the warfare is on. It's on. It's on. Until the rapture comes, that warfare will be on. And it's getting intense with every age, with every passing time, we need to know that the warfare is on. So, in First Timothy chapter six, I believe verse two says, "Fight on for God, hold tightly to the eternal life that God has given you, and that you have confessed with such a ringing confession before many witnesses." We need to fight on for God, hold tightly to eternal life. 
I want to say this, that the enemy is not really, in all honesty, is not really after our money. It's not really after our house, our car, uh, maybe even our marriage. What is after is that eternal life that is inside of us. You remember, remember what the, 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 the wife of Job told Job. Say, curse God and die. That was the intent of the enemy. He wanted Job to give up on serving God. Give up on believing in God. And I thank God for Job refused or resisted that temptation. Job said, said I know my Redeemer liveth. Things may not be working out, but I know my Redeemer liveth. And he won that battle. And I know that we will win the battles of life in Jesus' name. So we need to hold on to eternal life. Hold on. Don't let him take it. That's what he's after. He's after our relationship with God. He's after our faith in God. That's why Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And we have to be that generation that will hold on to faith and contend and preserve the integrity of God's word. Come out to me. Let not the good, the, 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 the things of this life quench our faith and our trust in God. Amen. The fifth thing I would like to mention is that we are fighting from victory and not for victory. This is very important. If we're going to understand spiritual warfare, we are fighting from victory not for victory. And that's important. I'm going to explain that. Because in Romans 8.37, it says, uh, it says, No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And the King James put it this way. It says, We are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. Through Christ. Who, are, who saved us or who loved us. Amen. And the, the band sang it. We are more than conquerors. Praise God. We need to know that Jesus, when he went to the cross and he died and was buried and he resurrected and ascended to heaven, he for once and for all defeated the enemy. Hallelujah. So the enemy is defeated. Praise God. The enemy is finished. And that's why Jesus said, it is finished. So, we need to know that victory is already guaranteed. You know, it's, a, it's, it's like somebody wants to fight you. you already, he, he's, he's just at, trying to challenge us. But no matter what, the result will always turn to our side. You need to know that. I mean, he cannot overcome us. Amen. So, he's just challenging just trying his best. His, 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 the probability is 0%. He cannot win us. Amen. Because we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. Right. In John 16.33, says, I have told you all this that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have what? overcome the world. So you need to have this understanding. The world has been overcome. Praise God. When Jesus rose from the dead and appeared to his disciples in Matthew chapter 28 verse 18, he says, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And all power is what? All power. Absolutely everything is in his hands and he has put them also at our disposal. Praise God. He has put these things under 
our disposal. They are available to us. The Bible says we are joint heirs with Christ. Whatever Christ enjoys, we enjoy. Whatever power is available to him, it's available to us. In fact, Jesus said, the works that I do, you shall do. And greater works than these shall you also do. So if Jesus was able to take authority over the devil, we also can take authority over the devil and demons and principalities and powers. Amen. Yeah. How do we fight? First of all, if we're going to war in the spirit or do spiritual battle, we must know that we can't afford to harbor sin in our lives, particularly the sin of unforgiveness. Particularly the sin of unforgiveness. And I'll explain why. You know, the disciples came to Jesus and asked him, say, look, um, teach us to pray. And Jesus began to give them how he prayed. He said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Then he comes to a very strong verse. Later on he says, Forgive us our trespasses, our sins, as we forgive those who do what? Trespass against us. So that means if we harbor unforgiveness, can God forgive us? And if God can forgive us, God can hear us. So we don't have authority in the place of prayer. Are we understanding that? So if we're going to deal with the enemy, we must have authority in the place of prayer. And sin erodes the authority of the believer. You know, so we need to know that. So we can afford to harbor sin, particularly unforgiveness in our hearts. Jesus said something, the prince and I'm reading the Amplified Version in John 14, 30. says, I will not talk with you much more for the prince, the evil genius, the ruler of the world is coming and he has no claim on me. Amen. He has no claim on me. He has nothing in common with me. There is nothing in me that belongs to him. And he has no power over me. I have a question for us this morning. Is there anything in us that belongs to the enemy? Because if there's something that belongs to the enemy in our lives, he has power over us. And so we cannot be victorious in the place of spiritual warfare. It's important for us to know. Jesus said, he has no claim on me. And the good news is that even if we have sinned, the Bible says we have an advocate with the Father who, the Bible says, we confess our sins. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's what the blood of Jesus does for us and makes us righteous before God. Remember, righteousness is being right with God, not necessarily doing right. And that's a gift that comes from God. All we need is the Lord, wash me by your blood. And then we have the audacity to stand against principalities and powers. I like what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, I think verse 6. He says that we can revenge all disobedience when our own obedience is complete. Amen. You know, so we need to know that if we're going to fight, we're going to do warfare in the spirit, we're going to address spiritual powers and wicked spirits, we need to ensure that we do not harbor unforgiveness in our lives. If not, the Lord will not hear us. 
Amen. And that's very important for us to know. Number two, know your rights. We need to know our rights in God. I like this country. You, oh, but one of the ways is that, I mean, if you're, going, if you're going to enjoy living in this country, you need to know your rights. In fact, particularly anywhere, you need to know your rights. You know, so, uh, and as, if we're going to be victorious or do a good fight of faith, we need to know our rights in God. And one way to know that is to search the scriptures, to study the word, read the Bible, search the word of God. Do, do, do some study. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2 verse 15, it says study to show yourself approved a workman that does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. In other words, if we are not knowledgeable of the scripture, it leads to shame. Have you ever written a test or an exam or failed before? How many have written tests or exam or failed? When you fail, how do you feel? Ashamed. There's a shame that comes on us. That's what happened. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved, you know, of God, you know, so, so, so that we can know how to rightly divide the word of God, so that we'll not be ashamed at the end of the day, you know. So, so if we're going to you know, know our rights, we need to study. We need to look into God's word. We need to know what God has said in his word. We need to know what, what the promises that are available to us. I like Jesus. You know, we can follow his example. In, in Matthew chapter 4, you can read later from verse 7 to verse 10, when the, the devil came to tempt him. Every time the devil tempted Jesus, he used the word, the scripture. He brought out the scripture and said, it is what? Written. Hallelujah. His brother scripture said, it is written. And that's the only language the enemy understands because his word cannot counter the word of God. Bible says, forever, O God, thy word is settled in heaven. God's word always has the final say in any matter, in any issue of our lives. Amen. So, we need to know our rights in God, know what the, the promises of God, if it's our health that is under attack, what is God saying about our health? If it's our finances that is under attack, what is God saying about our finances? Or it's our job? What has he said? You know, for instance, if it's our health, we can search out, it says, by the stripes of Christ, we are healed. He was bruised for our iniquities, he was wounded for our transgression, he was, he was I mean, the chastisement that brought us peace was what? Upon him. By his stripes, we are what? Made whole. That's one of the promises of God. And there are countless promises of God that has to do with healing. And when you pick them up, they become weapons in our hands against the devil. So we need to know our rights. If it's the issue of our finances, we need to look into the word of God. The Bible says, he shall supply all our needs according to his riches in glory. I like Psalm 23 verse 1. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, I remember a little girl once they shared that psalm and she, she, people thought she did a mistake. She said, the Lord is my shepherd, that's all I want. And I think that's very powerful. Amen. Because once the Lord is your shepherd, you don't need anything again. Amen. So it's another way to describe it. You know, but we need to know what God has said in his word concerning that situation that you are under. Amen. So, no, we need to know our rights in God, search out the scriptures for God's promises, what God has said, and then we are on our way to victory. Another thing that we need to do, and this is very 
critical to the whole process. Believe what God has said. Because it's, 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 you can know, but do you believe? Because remember, it's a fight of faith. Amen. It's a fight of faith. You can't, we can't fight the enemy with doubt and unbelief. He knows it. He can pick it. He, in fact, he, he's so sensitive to unbelief and doubt. He can pick it and knows that, look, you're out. You know, so, you know, so just like dogs, dogs can see fear in the eyes of you, people when they're coming. When they see confidence, they, they calm down. But when they see fear, it, 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 you, know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So the same thing, the enemy can pick fear. He can pick unbelief. And so we need to believe what God has said. One of the ways to believe is to keep saying it. Amen. Keep saying what God has said. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, I like something about God in Genesis chapter 1. You know, the Bible says God rested from all his works. And I wonder what was God doing all those six days or seven days thereabout? What was he doing? He was saying in the beginning. He said, let there be light. And there was light. He was just saying you know, it's, it's work to say. For God, working is saying. So, if we're going to believe, we keep, need to keep saying. The Bible says the spirit of faith is a saying spirit. So, if we believe, therefore we speak. So, you know, if, 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 if you are so confident about something, you don't hide it. You say it out. Is that not true? Amen. You know, so, so, if we're going to believe, let's keep, let's keep saying it. Let's keep declaring it. Let's keep saying it. Let's keep saying it wherever we are at every time in in our lives. That's why in the book of that's Joshua chapter 1 and I believe verse 8 it says this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth but you shall meditate in it day in and night. The word meditate actually means to silently murmur God's word. Keep saying it to yourself. That's what it means. Silently murmur. God, keep saying it. Keep saying it. Praise God. So as we say it we become it. The more we say it we will believe it. The more we say it, we believe it. And because when we say it, we are hearing it. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing what? By the word of God. I have another question for, you, for us this morning. What are you listening to? Because that, I mean, that's, that can define our faith level. If, you, if we listen more to people, especially if they're not people of faith, that can explain why our faith is weak. If we listen to the Spirit of God, our faith will increase. If we listen to people of faith, our faith will increase. What kind of music are you listening to? If you listen to music, just plain secular music, your faith will be secular. If you listen to faith-based, your faith jumps up. Have you noticed that whenever you're in church atmosphere, something happens to your faith, the faith level rises because of what we're listening to. And then you find out that the same you, you are out, and you can't pick that up again because we have not maintained our faith battery. Amen. You know, I, I love what one of us said, Gary said this morning when we we're talking, he said, when is the next alpha, when is the next problem? Because I just want to be here. I need more. I just need to take, take in more food. I need to take in food. I need to take in food. And that should be our attitude. Take in spiritual food to build up our faith. Praise God. Bible says, dearly beloved, building up yourself up on your most holy faith. We need to build it up. Praise God. Our faith level determines our fighting level. Are you understanding that? Our faith level determines the battles we can fight. Listen to me. When Goliath appeared on the scene, when he appeared on the scene, all the other soldiers, they ran away because they didn't have faith. 
Even Saul could do nothing. There are some battles, it's not by might. It's not by power again. It's by faith. It's a faith battle. You know, and, and David came on the scene and he, he, he heard about it and said, look, I'm going to get that guy down. Because he knew this was a spiritual battle. And if you go and read First Samuel 17 very well, immediately David appeared. Goliath began to curse David by his gods. Now, the question is, what does the gods have to do with the physical battle? Even Goliath knew it was a spiritual battle. Even Goliath knew it was a spiritual battle. And so, he had, and immediately David too also knew. He said, this day, I'm go- you didn't defy the people. You defied the, ho- the God of the host of the armies of Israel. It is God you defied. And I'm, I'm not coming against you with my sword and my stone. I'm coming against you in the name of Jehovah. And that's the way you knock down the forces that stand against us in life. That's what he did. That's what David did. He knew that this was a spiritual battle, even though it looked physical. I mean, there were two physical human beings, but they began to address themselves spiritually. And for you to know it was a spiritual battle, every utterance of David was, if you say, this day, I will bring you down. This day, I will cut off your head. This day, I'm going to give your body to the fowls of the air. Exactly what he declared came to pass. You need to make declarations of faith. Hallelujah. We need to speak to the situation. We need to address those situations that are facing us. You know, and don't just watch it. You know, when we are silent, things die around us. But when we speak, things come alive around us. Especially when we speak the word of faith. It's important for us to know it. We need to learn to fight the good fight of faith. Praise God. Because it's a fight of faith. All right. And then the, the, the last point in that is to declare it to the devil and his demon. Address the enemy with authority. Address the enemy with authority. One thing the enemy is looking for in our tone, if there's anything, is authority. You don't plead with him, you don't plead with the devil. You give him commands. Amen. You don't plead, hey, please leave my life. He's not going to leave. Say, get out of my life. That's the language he understands. Authority. Are you understand? You don't plead. Oh, please. Sickness, go. No, you, 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 you make a child. Check Jesus. As gentle as Jesus was, he wasn't gentle with the devil. As gentle as he was. He was a lamb, but he was also a lion when it comes to the devil. He, to roar. I mean, because li- lambs, I mean, he was a lamp of God. To us, he's a lamp of God, but to the devil, <laughs> he, he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So he addressed the enemy as a lion. You need to deal with it with authority. Deal with the enemy with authority. That's the language he understands. You know, one thing about Jesus when he appeared on the scene, the Bible says that he was different from the Pharisees and the scribes because he spoke with authority. Hallelujah. And you need to speak with that tone. Amen. Amen. And that, the Bible says we are more than good. Don't just sing it. Believe it. We have, we are more than conquerors. We are victorious in his name. Amen. Nothing can stand against us. You know, who is that mountain before you? It shall become a plain. What is that obstacle in your life? What is that challenge you're passing through? It shall become a plain. You need to deal with it. You know, you need to deal with it. Deal with it hard and fast. Don't joke around with it. I remember a story I read once. 
in a book written by the late Kenneth Hagin. He said he had a dog once, you know, and the dog would, normally likes to follow him around, but normally when he's going out, he, it stops at the door. But this day the dog kept following him, you know, and kept following him. He said, go back. The dog didn't, yeah, go back now. Please go back. But when he got close to the gate of his house, he shouted, go back. And the dog moved back. Sometimes, that's how we, not, not, not sometimes, that's how you talk to someone who is deaf of listening, the enemy. He doesn't want, he doesn't like, he, he, he listens to ob, 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 um, instructions. He listens to commands. And today, we need to take authority against powers of darkness and every ruler around us. In Jesus' precious name. We're going to watch a clip very briefly and then I'll go back and wrap up the message. Right. I don't know where you are, devil. But I know you can hear me. You have played with my mind and had your way long enough. No more. You are done. Jesus is the Lord of this house. And that means there's no place for you here anymore. So take your lies, your schemes, and your accusations and get out in Jesus' name. You can't have my marriage. You can't have my daughter. And you sure can't have my man. This house is under new management. And that means you are out. And another thing, I am so sick of you stealing my joy, but that's changing too. My joy doesn't come from my friends. It doesn't come from my job. It doesn't even come from my husband. My joy is found in Jesus. And just in case you forgot, he has already defeated you. So go back to hell where you belong and leave my family alone. Man, that's someone who understands spiritual authority. Our authority in Jesus, and that's someone who understands warfare. That's what we need to build to and even grow beyond. Did you see anybody she's talking to there? No, but she knew she was addressing a being. We don't deal with issues or people. Let's first deal with the enemy behind the scene. You know, and that's what she addressed. To those of us who have watched the movie War Room, you could see that later on, her marriage began to take shape. Now, that doesn't mean that people, they might not be bad people or her husband didn't even have issues, but many times when we focus on the issues of people, we don't address the real situation. So, you know, when you cut the roots, everything begins to wither. Amen. Amen. So, let's learn to exercise our spiritual authority and let's war against the real enemies of our lives. The real enemies, which are principalities, powers, and wicked spirits hovering around. 
And in Jesus' name, victory is ours. Amen. Can, can we rise on our feet and the band will come forward? You know, so, I mean, I, I just want us at this moment to, to I, I don't know, maybe we just need to just thank God again for his word. appreciate God. I don't know what you may have heard this morning, but I, I really believe God has spoken to our hearts this morning. And I want us to respond to him this morning by thanking him for what we may have heard this morning. Let's appreciate him. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. Let's thank him for what we've heard this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. I, I, I also feel that we need to just begin, make, make some declarations of faith, you know. Make, make some declarations in your life. You know, you can say, Lord, I, I believe it's well with me. It's well with my finances. The devil will not have my finances, will not have my health, will not have my family, will not have my children. Just to go ahead and begin to make utterances of faith this morning. Amen. Let's respond to God's word. Let's respond to God's word this morning. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. Give you honor. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord, we praise you. We praise you because we have authority. We have authority in Jesus. Lord, we have authority. Lord, we stand. We stand upon your word that has never failed. We thank you, Jesus, for your finished work on the cross. Thank you for defeating the devil once and for all. Yes, Lord, we thank you. And Lord, today we say no more again for every work of darkness messing up with our minds, messing up with our lives, our finances, our marriages. Lord, our health in the name of Jesus. Lord, today as a church we take authority. We say, Lord, the gates of hell shall not prevail over the church, over our lives, our families, our homes in the name of Jesus. It is well with our health. We are more than conquerors in the name of Jesus. We are more than conquerors. We are victorious in his name. In the name of Jesus, victory is ours. Freedom is ours. Healing is ours. Prosperity is ours. In the name of Jesus, peace is ours in Jesus' name. It is well with our souls. It's well with us. It is well. It is well. It is well. We take dominion. We take dominion. We thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. We give you glory, Lord. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
Hallelujah. Before we wrap it up, I don't want to take it for granted that everybody here is born again and saved. Remember the first point we talked about when we said about spiritual warfare is that we cannot harbor sin in our lives. But I have good news for us that Jesus has paid the price for our salvation. He has, he has taken our place on that cross. And we don't have to live and be under the condemnation of sin again. Jesus has paid the right price for us to become right with God. Righteousness is being right with God, and Jesus has paid that price. If you're here this morning and you want to give your heart to Jesus, I'd like to pray with you. Is anyone in this house this morning you want to surrender your heart to him and let him be the Lord of your life so that you can also join the family of those that have authority to deal with with the enemy. Is there anyone like that this morning? Amen. Amen. Father, we want to thank you. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. We appreciate you because there's no one like you. Thank you for what we have heard. Thank you for light that has come. Thank you for fire that has come to ignite our hearts to the place of spiritual understanding and authority so that we can do a good warfare of faith. Thank you, Father. We give you praise and glory because we are more than conquerors. We appreciate you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining the High Point Church Podcast. We're so glad that this message has been able to bless people near and far. If this message has blessed you today, you can head over to hpcgiving.com to make a donation and to support us. Thank you so much. Have a great week.